Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. It's your boy Dan Cilio. Happy Tuesday to you. Oh, good, man. Storylines everywhere. College football and also the NFL Really a cool tweet that was sent out by Zach Ertz, and we're going to get to all of that. No question about it, man. There's certain dudes that just love where they play. There's certain dudes that just get inspired where they played. And anything that Zach Ertz has said about the city of Philadelphia, it comes off as heartfelt. You know, he didn't want to leave the Philadelphia Eagles. He gave every single thing of his heart and soul to that organization and to the city and to its fan base, which is legendary. The things that he's posted and written as a fan, if I'm a fan in Philadelphia, I look at that guy and go, man, I I just so love Zach Ertz being part of our organization's great history. That dude's going to go down as one of those guys that were in that crew that won that Super Bowl that the city embraced, that the city loved, the Chris Longs of the world, the Lane Johnsons, all them dudes, man. They're going to go down in infamy. That's what you want when you're talking about going to a place, playing in a city. You get a chance to do something that very few people on the planet get a chance to do. And it's so wonderful. So wonderful to see Zach Ertz, you know, throw that kind of love out. To the city of Philadelphia, really is. And then on the other hand, you have Ben Simmons. Let's do this on Ben Simmons here. And let's try to be as rational as we possibly can about Ben Simmons. Don't hate the player. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. This is an NBA thing, folks. This is not a Philadelphia 76er thing. On one hand, you have Zach Ertz thanking everybody in Philadelphia for he and his family's time, the energy that it took, the hard work, the practice. I came there as a boy and I left as a man kind of stuff. And Ben Simmons today at practice, Doc Rivers asked him, hey, man, we got to do some defensive drills. Can you jump in here? No. Hey, man, we really need you. We got the opener against the Pelicans. Now, then why don't you go home? Drops the ball and leaves. And get this. Why should he care? His money's guaranteed. The NBA had a version of this a year ago with James Harden. What was James Harden doing with the Houston Rockets? Okay? He didn't want to be in Houston anymore. So he showed up as a fat ass. He ate himself out of the Rocket organization, went to strip clubs, had no caring about the COVID-19 protocols, and he got his way because you know why? And that league, the NBA, it's filled with entitled players. 
the coaches and the organization have no power over these guys anymore. You think they really care about where they play, who they play with? Why do you think the Brooklyn Nets now, with all those great superstars, they're not going to win an NBA championship? You know why? That's a different big three. James Harden, selfish. Kevin Durant, selfish. Kyrie Irving, I don't know, selfish. Ignorant, I don't know. Whatever day it is, there's something new with him. So when people look at Ben Simmons and go like this, dude, you're a cancer to the Sixer organization. Well, duh. But the NBA entitles that. A couple of years ago when Carmelo Anthony was in New York, okay, remember what was said there? Phil wanted to move him. You know what? And he had a no-trade clause. And you know what Carmelo said? Phil will be gone before I will. And it turned out to be true. We can call Ben Simmons' names all we want here, but this is an NBA deal. This is how these guys and their posses roll. Okay? Rich Paul and all of the major agents in the agency and LeBron James, congratulations, LeBron. Instead of inspiring people like Magic and Larry and Michael Jordan did on being team players, you've inspired people to be exactly what the league is. If I don't like what's going on on my particular team, I'll just pick up, go to some place that's got loaded players, and I'll try to win an NBA championship. Some of you would say, but Sills, is that a bad thing? No, but I think there's a way in doing it. Look at how Zach left Philadelphia. He's heartbroken. He is absolutely heartbroken. But he knows he has a job, and he knows he has something that could be potentially out there for him with this Cardinal team where he could win a championship and solidify his resume, and now he's got to go with new brothers in Arizona. He knows that it's a challenge right now. You know what Ben Simmons thinks about the Sixers right now? It could be the Sixers. It could be the T-Wolves. Does it matter? Does it matter, really? That guy doesn't care about Philadelphia. He doesn't care about Joel Embiid. He doesn't care about... You gave Jimmy Butler's ass up for that. You know what this comes down to? Not doing your homework. Oh, and for the Sixers side of this, you drafted the guy. Did you not know this? Did you not talk to him? Was the ability so blinding on Ben Simmons that you thought that his character flaws would overweigh it? You know that's what people do. They'll look at a guy and go, you know, his ability outshadows some of his lack of merits that he has as a character person. When character matters always. Character matters. I don't want a character. I want character guys. All these guys are products of LeBron James's era. Congratulations, LeBron. Look at the NBA player. You know what people in the media will tell you, too? The NBA players today speak their minds more. You know, they, 
they are more politically activist, you know? And you're like, really? Then why are your ratings down 50%? What, why are less people watching the NBA today than they did five years ago? Yeah, you, you make it sound like you're the NFL. Here, get this, guys. Think of this for a second. Watch this. By the way, congratulations to everybody coming aboard here today. I'm sorry. I'm on a little rant here. And I appreciate it. Hey, Trev, Joey B, Shakur, thank you guys for all coming aboard, man. You guys all add to the show. We're going to go back over here in a minute. but So I watch a guy like Lamar Jackson. And I look at Lamar Jackson, and then I do this. The NBA has Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Ben Simmons because they don't like where they are or they don't like what's going on. They whine and cry and want to take their bat and ball somewhere else to another sandbox. How soft can you be, man? How soft can you be as an athlete or as a human? You can't build a team around Kyrie Irving. It was proven in Boston. He tried to be the, the big dog in Boston. That thing fell on its face. Guy goes to Brooklyn, plays on Tuesdays or Thursdays or whatever the calendar, the Kyrie calendar in his head. And now you've got Simmons in. Hey, by the way, you don't think Simmons sees the rest of this crap going on too as a young player? Well, if they can do it, I can do it. It's now a virus. You want to know, hey, the NBA is fighting two viruses. COVID-19 and being absolute prima donnas. The prima donna virus. The prima donna virus is running rampant right now in the NBA. Okay? They got the prima donna virus. And you know what, folks? There's no vaccination for this one. There, hey, there's your algorithm. There's no vaccination for the prima donna virus. You can't be cured from it. You can't be cured. It's an uncurable disease in the NBA right now. And it's spreading throughout the league. Look at how they act towards management. Hey, look, I'm not saying that you have to bend over and kiss management's ass all the time. Not what I'm saying here. But get up and get in drills, and you're making $30 million a year? What a tool. What a tool. He's a disgrace. He's a disgrace, man. The prima donna virus, where there's no vaccination that will cure these NBA guys. Funny, Tony Bruno said something and was only goofing on, you know, LeBron James last year, two years ago, whatever the hell it was. You know what I think happens with the NBA guys? They don't have common sense. Because when a guy gets up off his ass in Philadelphia at 6 a.m. in the morning and he's a roofer and he's got to go out and he's got to go in the damn cold, he's got to scrape crap off his off the front of his windshield. He's driving around in 10 feet of snow so that he can feed his family. And guess what? I don't want to, I don't want to uh, play defense. And nor do I care about your responsibilities. And nor do I care about 
you're being the head coach of the Sixers. Has no bearing on me. Has no bearing on me. You look at guys like that and go, you can't win with that. You know why? Because there's no reasoning. Man. Maybe I'm just jealous of the NBA. I don't know. Maybe I'm jealous because these guys get to do whatever they want. They get paid. Hey, you get to play when you want to. If I don't feel like playing on a Wednesday, I could do this if I'm an NBA guy. I don't think I'm going to play. You imagine walking into Bill Belichick's office and going like this. I don't think I'm practicing Wednesday. Bill, is that all right? That's okay. Whether or not you like it or not, I'm just going to, you know, I'm not practicing Wednesday. Man, you don't do that in the NFL. You get fired for that. They'll send you on your way. Conduct detrimental, they'll fire your ass. And by the way, Doc Rivers and the Sixers putting conduct detrimental on why they sent him home. I mean, that's got to be the first time I've ever seen in my life conduct detrimental being implemented on an NBA guy. Doc must be so pissed off. He must have showed so much disrespect with that cell phone in his pocket. Dude, he don't want to be there. How about this, too? Lamar Jackson is such a stud. I'll even give you one better. Have you heard anything out of Deshaun Watson this year? Deshaun Watson's got pending cases against him for sexual assault, potentially, right? Has he been a distraction to his Texan team? Nope. Haven't heard a peep out of him. Stayed out of the media. Doesn't do any press conferences. Stays out of it. He's not a cancer to his team right now. Dude, and that guy's got major, maybe legal issues, and he's he doesn't want to be a bad teammate to the rest of the guys. And get this, he hates the organization in Houston, but you know what he does? He respects the Texans players enough not to be a distraction out there, making himself into an a-hole. Simmons shows up with a cell phone in his pocket. By the way, it's not the cell phone in the pocket thing that bugged me the most. It's just the fact that, get this, this is the modern-day NBA player, man. Don't hate the player, hate the game. It's what it is. It's a shame. It's a shame I used to look forward to NBA finals, you know, as we got closer to the finals. Now I look at the NBA and go like this. That's not a sport I'm interested in. It's just not. Robert says the Link Eagles have the NFL's easiest remaining schedule based on FPI. I saw that. Robert, we're going to start getting into football now. I'm sick of that, dude. I'm done. Watch this. I'm done with you. Shakur says, cut him loose. Let someone deal with babysitting a grown man. Get this, Shakur. That's the one thing when I'm evaluating a talent to come into. You know what? You don't see any of that crap in Baltimore, do you, with the Ravens? They don't babysit grown men. When you have an organization where you got to babysit a dude and worry about his feelings, like Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, I don't want to worry about whether you're in a good mood or not. I don't care. Why should that be part of our team's chemistry and how you're feeling today? If you're, watch this, hey, and I, I want you to take this the right way. If you're depressed or you're not depressed or you're not having a good day, I don't care. I don't care. It has nothing to do with our team. If you're having a miserable day, don't put it out on others. Because why would you want to make their life miserable? 
Why would you? Why, why would you want to make their life miserable? Because it makes you feel better. That's what most people do in life. When you're having a shitty day, they like to pass it on to you. It's ridiculous, man. I don't want that guy anywhere near my guys. I don't want him infecting it with that disease I told you they have. And it's uncurable. Smile says Fox Sports postgame show muted because A-Rod chance. Oh, F-A-Rod? I saw that, man. That was awesome. Damon, Eagles are straight garbage. Damon, there's a lot of things in that marriage right now that the Eagles have that just don't line up right. The team is not constructed correctly. Why would you bring in a drop-back coach, okay? A drop-back coach. I mean by seven steps, guy's been around traditional quarterbacks, and have him come up with a brand-new offensive skill set game plan for Jalen Hurts and RPOs. Where did he come up with RPOs before? Where did Nick Sirianni coach them? Can you give me examples? Jacoby Brissett, was he the OC then? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And Jalen doesn't fit into the system. You want to hear something? Jalen be great in Cleveland because you're not asking him to do anything. You're just not asking him to make big plays. Like, watch this. Jalen Hurts in Cleveland, I think they would win as many games in Cleveland with Jalen as they will this year with Baker Mayfield. I think they're the same guy. Crossy Jr. thinks that Mayfield may be better a little bit. I don't know. I'm not so sure of that. When they took Kareem Hunt, when they took Kareem Hunt and they took Nick Chubb out of the backfield this past weekend, I'll tell you what, he looked awful Jalen Hurts-like. He, I mean, that was his worst game of the year. Watching all 22 on Hurts, he was bad. Sirianni scheme players open and Hurts just missed. Hey, T. Lewis, he, he has missed. But wait a minute here, okay? T. Lewis brings a great point up. He's missing open passes. Why in the world are you not practicing in the exhibition season and getting that guy game reps? T. Lewis, it's one of the worst things I saw the Eagles do to prepare for the upcoming season was these controlled scrimmages. You know, it was said that the Patriots pretty much dominated the Eagles, when it came to those, like, organized team practices. And then when they got into the game, the Patriots kicked the crap out of the Eagles. Carl says 10 games, calm down. Hoss, I don't need 10 games for me to sit there and look at a player and go, that guy's great, or that guy's not great, or it doesn't fit. I don't need 10 games. I, don't, I, I mean, when, you, when, you, when there's a guy that's drafted, and he walks onto a field with you, you know right away after a couple practices, you do this, this guy's going to be really great. As soon as Patrick Mahomes was in Kansas City, everybody was doing this. They kept talking about the kid behind Alex Smith. Man, wait till you see this guy throw the rock. He is incredible. And that was practice. You notice we're not saying that about Jordan Love and Green Bay? Why? Because he's not that good. But you got to eat it because it's a Howie Roseman move. You drafted him high, so you got to keep him now. You don't want your front office to look like crap. So, yeah, I mean, when you're, when you're looking at that scenario now, 
the Eagles moving forward for the remaining part of the year. And you got the Raiders. By the way, the Raiders won a game last week without John Gruden. And it's either going to galvanize the Raiders or you know what else it's going to do? It is, it, it, it is going to put that season on the brink. And I happen to think that it's in the middle right now. If they come out and they win two games post-John Gruden, they'll be sitting at 5-2. and two. That would be a nice little run for that football team, man, having galvanized what happened to their head coach, who, by the way, behind the scenes, hate that John Gruden's not in the room. How about that for you? How about that? Shakur says, I've seen enough after six games, Sills. Last game against the Bucks, I've just about had enough. I happen to agree. I want to throw this at you here. Let me show you how bad some people are evaluating a player. You guys watched Derrick Henry last night? By the way, that was a huge win for the Titans. Huge win for the Titans. They now take a two-game lead over the Colts in that division. That was such a big win over the Bills. Bills go for it on fourth down. Dude, when you got a guy like Josh Allen, you go for it. I'm okay with the play. Okay, I am. And plus, that builds an attitude up with the Buffalo Bills. We think we're great. Okay? No question. I like the whole thing, man. Sean McDermott going for it. You're creating an attitude in the building. You're on the four-yard line. I thought Allen slipped. You know, guy is six foot six or whatever the hell he is. I thought he slipped. Man, that Derrick Henry, 143 yards rushing, three touchdowns. How's he not the most valuable player in the league? How is he not, get this, how is he the most important player on his team and he doesn't throw the ball? And he's leading his division. Name me a more important player in the sport that doesn't throw the ball. Name him. And is more responsible for wins. It ain't Aaron Donald. It ain't Jalen Ramsey. It ain't Khalil Mack. It's not these overpriced wideouts. Derrick Henry doesn't throw the ball, and he's more responsible for his team's success than any player in the league. How are you not the MVP? This dude doesn't throw the ball, man. It's incredible. It's incredible. All right, we're going to switch gears, and we're going to talk a little college football. Come on, man. It's Bama. And it is Georgia. And by the way, if I was Ed Ogeron, I would completely resign today. I don't want to continue to go forward. I'll tell you why. We're going to have from CBS Sports College Football, our friend Houston Nutt. He'll join us next. Stay here. We'll get back into the NFL news. You keep it right here on the National Football Show.
when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Let me show you the difference in setting a culture, in a winning culture. Let's look at the Sixers for a second versus the Baltimore Ravens. When you play in Baltimore, there's an expectation on how you're to conduct yourself as a Raven. Same thing in Pittsburgh. When you're a Steeler, it matters. When you're a Raven, it matters. doesn't matter if it's Calais Campbell or if it's Ed Reed. You're expected to play at a high level, and you're expected to be a high-level impact community guy when you live in that area. That's the kind of guys Steve Piscotti, the owner of the Ravens, wants in his organization. They draft to that. They develop to that. It's accepted and known. That's how all of those guys act. They love Baltimore. They love the fans that go to that park and watch them play. They feel they owe the community their best effort because it's a privilege to play professional sports in front of fans in a community, especially when a community loves you guys so much. Okay? The Sixers... It's about talent. It's all. The NBA is about acquiring as much talent as they can. But here's the difference between the Ravens and the Sixers. Are you ready? When it comes to Baltimore, it's not at any expense. In Philly, it's about any expense. If he's good, I don't care he's a crud dude. 
I don't care he's not a really good teammate. And I'm not just blaming Philly. It's everywhere. The players, they pretty much dictate where they want to play today. And in the process, they don't get their way. Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, name them all. They'll pout. They'll call everybody else losers. It's your fault. That's not how you run an organization. Everybody's got a job title. Head coach, general manager, culture, owner. I love what the Ravens do. It's led by a coach in John Harbaugh that has gone from Joe Flacco to Lamar Jackson, did whatever it could to make sure that both of those guys were put in a position. Okay, Paul says, I'll take whatever I can get in Philly sports. Paul, really? I don't believe that. I believe Philadelphia fans have more expectations for their guys to go out and at least be decent and to try to be part of a team. I, 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 Zach Ertz, his heartfelt love for Philadelphia today, everyone felt it. Guy's heartbroken. He left Philly, man. He's heartbroken, but he's a football player. And see, football is your, your ultimate passion. He loves Philly. Don't get me wrong. But his first love is football. So he knows that in his heart. And that's why he'll go full bore with the Arizona Cardinals and give it his absolute best. Because that's what he built his reputation on when he was in Philadelphia. Was giving it his all. All right. There are so many great stories going on, and really not so many great stories going on when it comes to college football, especially this LSU story. And the only guy that I could think of to go to is our friend Houston Nutt, who, by the way, is a three-time Southeastern Conference Coach of the Year, and he knows the pressures of what it takes to coach in that league. And I'm going to start it off here, Coach, by doing this. I love Ed Ogeron. I am a gigantic backer of Ed Ogeron. Just give me your overall sense of um, – you know, a, a coach being fired with a 49-17 and 17 record, Coach, um, at LSU. What's your take on this whole story? Uh, it's unbelievable, uh, especially the way they played at, at Florida. You know, I was really shocked. By, I thought the news first was a hoax uh, because, you know, they hadn't had a running game. They, they're missing some things. And all of a sudden, boy, they play Florida. I don't think anybody gave them a chance. And their running game looked great. And, you know, Ed, Ed has won uh, – a national championship. Very few coaches can say that. And for the last couple of years, all we heard was, boy, I tell you what, he fits uh, Boy, the, he's from Louisiana and, you know, all these positive things. So, you know, it's just uh, hard. Again, I don't know what all goes on down there, but I'm just outsider looking in. And I hate that our professions like that really, uh, you know, Gene Chizik, you can name quite a few coaches that is, uh, that have won a national title. And within a couple of years, you know, you're gone. It's not good enough. So uh, it's a tough, tough uh, world, tough business, and uh, it's not easy. Absolutely. And, Coach, I'll say this to you. Since Bear Bryant won that championship in 1980, um, 81 I think it was, or maybe 79, there's only been seven Southeastern Conference coaches that have won national championships in that time frame. And Ed Ogeron is one of those guys. And 
to think that LSU is going to go out and be on the same level as Alabama, I get that's what you want. And coach, you know this. I drive I drive by a Ferrari place in a dealership. I want the Ferrari too, you know. I'd like to have the Ferrari, but unfortunately for me, I'm kind of stuck in a Yugo. So it's just what it is, you know. I mean, expectations a little bit too much there for um, LSU, or is it right to have that expectation? Well, I think it's okay to have, you know, expectations where everybody wants to win a championship. That's great. But look, let's go, let's go to Kentucky. The University of Kentucky to me is a great story. Why? Uh, look at the process, what the administration athletic director did for the, is Kentucky big, uh, a big powerhouse football team as we think of LSU, probably not more basketball, but look at the job that Mark Stoops has done. But more importantly, what you're bringing up, Dan, go look at the administration and athletic director that said, you know what, Mark had a couple of tough years right there, but they didn't jump ship. Yeah. He's our guy. And look what he's done. He's he's developed. He is uh, recruited well. That's a good football team. I know he had a tough role against Georgia, but guess what? A lot of teams going to have a tough <laughs> against Georgia. You know, <laughs> we'll get to Georgia in a minute. But my point is, Dan, they were patient. And the word patient anymore probably doesn't exist, you know, 99% of the time. Absolutely, Coach. And, you know, I, I, I go here, and as I told you at the top, I'm friends with Coach Ogeron, now you're seeing the media being bled stories. Um, and by the end of this thing, it could get ugly. Coach, you've gone through processes. You're a three-time SEC coach of the year. He's being paid $17 million out the door. So you and I aren't feeling too bad. The next time I see Coach, he'll be buying us drinks. So I, I, I get all that. But shouldn't he just leave now? Because as you know, listen, he's going to get another opportunity to coach. But this is not going to end well. Most divorces, especially in that conference, when they're pushing you out the door, don't end well. You think he's making the wrong move here by staying there and coaching the season out? You know, we're all taught to finish. Uh, Ole Miss gave me a uh, – this, this is a great question, Dan, because I can answer this. <laughs> uh, Ole Miss fired me November 1st. I had four games left, and they gave me a choice. Hey, Coach Nutt, you can finish the year or you can go home. We're going to pay you $6 million to get out of here. But you can finish or stay here. Well, you know, we're always taught, hey, finish, finish. You always tell your players to finish. And so I understand, Ed, you want to finish. But here's 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 what we don't get. I lost you. It's okay. Go ahead, Coach. Just keep okay. talking. Uh, there you here's, go. Here's, here, here's what we don't get. Now the players know that the head coach is not going to be there. So now there's a distraction. They're huddled up. Hey, are you going to put your name in the transfer portal? Who's going to be our head coach? You think you're going to stay and watch it? All the time they're putting in a game plan, you're trying to get ready, but guess what? 100% focus is not there. Let's go to the coaches, the assistant coaches. Guess what? They got families too, Dan. You think they're 100%? Hey, let's get ready. They're trying, but you can't. It's impossible. So I, I think my advice would be go home. Yeah. Go right go right home to the back porch, hug your kids up, uh, go eat a cheeseburger, get you some iced tea, and watch football and relax, enjoy it. But it's not built. You know, we're not built that way. We're built to finish. And I understand what it's doing. But my advice would be go home. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I, I, and like you said, Coach, you know, I'm taught to start something and finish something. Yeah. But it's kind of hard when administrations put things like that. They should have probably did it at the end of the year and said, hey, listen, you know, we're going to go and we're going to part separate ways. You create a distraction inside your own organization and your own yeah. program. 
it's and it's got nothing to do with the coaching. I want to go into two things that you said, Coach, and you mentioned uh, SEC and you mentioned Georgia. I, I I fill out a Power 16 poll every year or every week, I should say, and I just put Alabama, Georgia, number one and two because, and I'm going to do that the remainder of the season, and it's not going to change because the teams that I see around the country, I see some fair teams in the um, in the Pac-12, not great. I see some teams that look decent. Maybe Ohio State's great. I don't believe in Michigan. It's Georgia-Bama. Then I look at the SEC. You could get jumped up on, like, Texas A&M, got Bama, just because of the conference. ACC, there's nothing in there but Clemson. There's nobody that can beat these two teams, Coach. I mean, the SEC champion – we're going to see the national championship twice this year, aren't we? The SEC title and the national title game. They're going to do it again. They're going to do it twice this year. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, that might happen. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they're they're two great physical teams. But I also, let's go back to Alabama, Texas, and M. Uh, I, I would have told you, I would have gave you my house watching Texas A&M play Mississippi State and Arkansas that Texas A&M would beat Alabama. I'd say no way. And look what no happened. No way. Unbelievable. Uh, Calzada was unbelievable. Uh, Anaya Smith, Spiller, and all of a sudden they looks like they're hitting on all cylinders. Uh, give Jimbo Fisher and his staff great amount of credit for that. But in saying all that, that's what's that's what's tough about it. You, you just don't ever know what's going to happen. Is an 18, 19, 20-year-old, are you truly focused, laser-focused, taking care of business? It's easy to say, we're going to roll our helmets out here. You know we're going to win. Uh no, you can watch film and say, oh, we're better than them. We're better than them. We're going to have a mismatch here. You got to go play, and you have to play for 60 minutes. And that's the thing. That's what we love about college football. But getting back to your story about Georgia, Alabama, uh, you know, that probably that probably could happen. You just don't ever know. It looks like Ohio State's improving. Again, they're not the defense that we're used to seeing. Uh, Penn State, there's still a lot of football. Iowa stumps their toe. Um you know, look at Oregon. I thought Oregon going in the backyard of Ohio State. Wow, unbelievable. Then they lose a C.J. Verdell. So there's so many things that can happen. We're right past the midway point, and this is what makes college football exciting. But I'm kind of with you, though. If you look at if you look at these guys play, uh, there's probably probably a good chance that could happen. How about this, too, Coach? Our coach Jimmy Johnson told me this. Told me this um, a couple weeks ago. I said, what makes Nick Saban's system work so well? He goes, well, who were your coaches? And I went, well, they were Dave Wanstead, Butch Davis, Dave Campo, Alexander. They, he goes, you just named one of the greatest college football coaching staffs who went on to win three Super Bowls with the Dallas Cowboys. He goes, the, the secret is this. It's Saban's assistants. The people he brings into his coaching staff. I mean, you think there's any coincidence, Coach? that the number one team in the country is a former Nick Saban assistant and Kirby Smart. I mean, really, I mean, is that really the fact that, I mean, he's a phenomenal recruiter, obviously, yeah, but he's also a recruiter of coaching staffs and putting those together. You think that that really is the secret to Alabama right now is that he identifies players and he identifies assistant coaches. You're exactly right. And don't forget about Jimbo Fisher, who worked for him at LSU, who right. the first the first to beat him. So you're right. It is. And Coach Johnson's exactly right. I will say this, though. If you look at Nick Saban, look at how many times. I don't remember Jimmy Johnson's staff changing that much. No. He didn't change much as, say, 
uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban has changes almost seems like almost every year. Yeah. We're in and out, and they go get jobs, head jobs. If you look at the last ten years, look at all the people that's come through, and now they're 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 running their own program. Then they've been under that blueprint of Nick Saban. So my point is, the head of that blueprint, Nick Saban, and I've never seen a guy that can win a championship and then flip it within 24 to 48 or 72 hours where his foot is right back on the gas pedal and he's going to get the best players in the country. Uh, it, it's just an unbelievable job what he's done, how many national titles he's won. And like you said, the litany of coaches that he has underneath him that go on and be successful. And how about the ones that had failure that he brings into the program and he 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 gets them going again? It's just it's unbelievable. Coach, you agree? He's the modern-day John Wooden of college football. Yes, yes, without question, without question. Uh, I've just, uh, again, just have so much respect for him. And I, uh, when I got fired, I, he was the only coach to to reach out. Had me, uh, he invited me down to watch him practice for three days. And uh, I tell you what, everything's efficient. Uh, everything from time, organization, recruiting. Uh, you know, recruiting so much different because of transfer portals and, you know, it's free agency now, you know, so uh, everything is just uh, just buttoned up. And um, it didn't surprise me the way they responded after they got beat. That, that didn't surprise me at all. Two last questions for you. You go conference. What character, in your opinion, do you think you have to have for that program to see moving forward? Hey, Dan, you you broke up on me, buddy. I, I didn't get oh, your Okay, I, I I went like I said this, Coach. The LSU yeah. job. Let's go back there for one. The type of guy that they need to have in there, pro, SEC guy. What type of coach needs to get that job? Yeah, well. You know, I think it can be coming from – I don't think it truly matters where it comes from, but I do think they need to know how to recruit and develop. And it goes back to the things that you're talking about that can pick assistant coaches and um, that has a plan. And I think they got to have laps around the track. You know, that's a type of job where uh, you can't have on-the-job training. And I, I think you, you you need to be a head coach and because there's so much on your plate every single day. Uh, so there's a lot of good ones out there. You just got to get the right fit. The thing that LSU has such an advantage of is you can uh, stay right in your state. A lot of teams uh, can't just stay in their state and sign 25. LSU can. Georgia can. So it, it, it's such an advantage. But in saying all that, with the way the competitiveness now of, of this recruiting, with now name and likeness, now pay attention. Now, Dan, this thing's going to get real heated up. And it's always been competitive. But now we have name and likeness. I think I, I got my popcorn and Coca-Cola. I'm waiting on this one because I think a lot of teams are going to uh, attack recruiting with a different manner. But getting back to your, your question, I think the guy that has experience, knows how to recruit, knows how to pick coaches, knows what he had, the blueprint that it takes to win a championship, you know, that's the guy that, that they got to have at LSU. Man, I just wish to God I was younger and the Southwest Conference was alive. Man, I'd be going to the highest bidder, baby. <laughs> I'd be like, hey, I don't know, man. I'd, I'd like, hey, do I get the airplane three times? 
<laughs> Do I get the airplane three times a year, right, Coach? That's right. Hey, a lot of different avenues, boy, you can ask for nowadays. If you can play. If you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, final question for you, Coach. Is Michigan for real this year? Boy, it seems like it. Now, I'm still I'm still kind of waiting. I'm still kind of yeah. waiting. But uh, uh, Coach Harbaugh's done a good job. Boy, they're physical, and they're doing some good things. They're off to a, a great start, and so they've got to finish. But I, I'm just kind of – I'm not all the way in yet, but I'm getting I'm, – hey, I'm swimming to the boat. There you go, Coach. Yeah, we, hey, Coach Johnson, uh, he, he, we were talking over the weekend, and I told him that I was going to reach out to you. He goes, Houston never made the 16-110s either, so don't let him hey. don't let him shit you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, he's got some bad information on that. I <laughs> always made my 16-110s. Always. Come on, Coach oh, Johnson. Wait. wait, that was me. Okay. <laughs> You. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Coach, thank you, man. Have a great broadcast this week. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Dan. See you, buddy. You got it. That is Houston Nut from CBS Sports. We'll take a brief time out. Back to you guys. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show Dancing. 
Love talking a little college football. We get back into the pros. Lane, smile. KHY, thank you, brother. Carl, appreciate you stepping in with us. So did you see what went on at Washington State today? They fired Nick Rolovich because he didn't get vaccinated. They fired a head coach and four staff members because they wouldn't get vaccinated because the state has mandates now that I guess if you go to Washington State, you have to be vaccinated. Well, typical. While the Pac-10 is sitting around worrying about mandates on vaccinations, the Southeastern Conference mandate is winning. It's winning. And it's not anything to do with mandates on COVID-19 shots for kids who are 97% of the time outdoors. You're firing quality coaches because of idiotic protocols. It's insane. It is absolutely insane. You want to know why the Pac-12 is in the shape that it's in? Nobody watches it. Nobody cares about that conference because of dumb stuff like this. Why do you think USC can't keep kids in Los Angeles? Since when? They're all going to the SEC. The SEC is the Premier League. Why would I play in a lesser conference if I'm a five-star kid? I always believe this. If I can't start at Miami, this was back when we were number one, so don't give me the Miami of today. I'm talking when we were number one. If I can't start at Miami, I can't start and get a job in the NFL. What do you think, because I start at UConn? Or I start at Temple? That that means that I'm going to play in the NFL? <laughs> Not really. Carl says, live co-socialist. Thank you. He must be talking about me uh, and my, my, my stream having issues. Yeah, box of strawberries, like I said, costs you 10 bucks. You get a bag of groceries, it costs you $150 out here. Tell you, my daughter's done with college. I'm out of here. Sticking around pay, paying that stuff. $5 gasoline. Give me a break. Mandates. Oh, wait a minute. I better be quiet. You fired Nick Rolovich at Washington State today because he didn't want to get vaccinated. Not because he sucked, not because he wasn't developing. Because of something that had nothing to do with football. See, this is how the politicians affect college football. She can't do that in the NFL. You think they're going to have vaccination mandates in the Southeastern Conference? <laughs> football matters there. Yeah, but what about saving your life? I'm sorry, but I haven't seen anything from uh, like some sort of like COVID outbreak from Kyle Field when Alabama was there. Have you heard of any cases? Super spreaders? Have you heard any of that? Gainesville? 
Baton Rouge, Death Valley. Have you guys heard it? I, I haven't. I mean, maybe I missed it. Or Blacksburg when they had that giant crowd. Have you have, have you guys seen anything? Oh. You fired a coach today. Pac-12 gets what they deserve, dude. They get what they deserve. You're going to have lesser coaches, lesser product, and no one cares about you. Nobody, you, you, you air your games at 7.30 Pacific time, which is 10.30 back on the east. Everyone's in bed with a full day of football, getting ready for Sunday football. Nobody knows you exist. You know, that's why everybody fell over themselves when Oregon beat Ohio State in Columbus. Then they lay an egg against Stanford. Stanford? Like I told you, they make lawyers there and debate teams and Tiger Woods and all them brainiacs and Condoleezza Rice. They don't make football players and football teams. Give me a break. <laughs> they, what, Stanford ever win a national title? They'll never win one as long as the program will be in the, Hey, well, know this. All the way until the earth ends and like the apocalypse happens, Stanford will never win a national championship in football because they don't want to. Because Notre Dame may not either because their degrees matter. Oh. You go to Harvard to get a fabulous education. You don't go to Harvard to play football. You go to Alabama to play football if you're a football player. That's your degree. It's the one that folds up in your wallet. See, they got special degrees in the Southeastern Conference. They fold up in your wallet. You could put them in your wallet. About $100 million worth. <laughs> right? They fold up there, you know. Where's your degree? Did you get your degree? Yeah. It's in my wallet. Where's yours? I make $35 million a year. Who are you? What's again? Did you graduate? Yeah. It's in my wallet. You see, people don't like to hear that, though. You mean to tell me you only go to college to play football? Yeah. Because if I didn't have to, I'd go to a semi-pro team that paid me, and I'd go play in the NFL once I graduated from that, like they do in Europe. And soccer, yeah, that's what I would do. I would play on a minor league system, or like they do in baseball here. Baseball, you can leave high school, you can go into the minors and make a salary. I don't know why we can't do it in football. That's the biggest get-over, too, for baseball. You know baseball would never do that again. They would have used the college system that's in place right now. They were stupid. The NFL was smart. Think about this for a second. Look at the amount of billions of dollars the NFL saves not having a minor league football system. And look at the money that baseball spends because they were too arrogant not to use the college system and the college baseball programs. Look how arrogant they were. They wanted everybody to be in an organization, and you had four different organizations, A-ball, double-A, triple-A, right? Connie Mack League, you know, the summer leagues in Cape Cod and up in Alaska. Look at all those leagues that they have. Whereas in the NFL, they have no minor league system whatsoever. You imagine the billions you save just on that. Where baseball has to spend all that money when it comes to minor league system. Baseball didn't want to take the high school and the college baseball programs and utilize them like the NFL did. Cost them billions of dollars. See, the NFL is like this. Eh, 
We'll just use the college system. And we don't have to pay them. You have to pay those high school kids. We don't. Kyler Murray gave back three million bucks because the A's gave him three million dollars because he was a first round draft choice. Carl says that college education is a big time scam. <laughs> yeah. Most of the people that go to college end up being the people you see on TV and they're stupider before. Uh, you know, they went in and now they're even dumber. Now they're even dumber. Hey, you know, one thing, one thing again, let me go back on that Zach Ertz um, tweet that he sent out to today. I just got to say it one more time. He's such a class guy. You know, in, in, in on the day and in the time right now where Simmons is floating around Philly, kind of, I guess. And you got that guy and that guy. Can you have two different dudes that represent your city? One guy who, who could care less about Philly. By the way, I'm not saying you have to be grateful, but can I tell you how I felt after I got drafted? I'll tell you this, man. When I got drafted to Tampa Bay, and they called me and told me, it was Rich McKay. He called me, and he goes, hey, congratulations. You've just been drafted number 56 by the Buccaneers. I was like this. I didn't really care if it was the Buccaneers or whom, whomever. I just realized I was an NFL football player, and I was drafted. Somebody took time to draft me. With all the crap that had been going on in my life at that time, they drafted me relatively pretty high. And I was like this, man. Wow, thank you. I remember, man, I teared up because I was like thinking all the things that my folks had helped me get to. And people saying that couldn't happen. It would never happen. I got drafted 56th. Today it's a second rounder. That's what the pick is. If I had played my senior year, God knows, man. Probably one of the top 15 picks. And you look at Ben Simmons, he's, he's not thankful he's an NBA guy. He feels entitled to it. Because he's been told that. And it doesn't really mean as much, I think. Do I sound like old guy get off my lawn, dude? I hope not. I surely hope not. And I, I just, I, I, I just, I mean, I just don't see him having the same gratitude of being a professional athlete. I just think it's the NBA guy of today. All right. Hey, real quick. How about that line? That um, Houston Nuts said on our show, and I'm sure he'll use it on CBS's death show this weekend. If he were Ed Ogeron, he would step down right now and not coach the rest of the season. You see these stories that are coming out that Ogeron was taking girlfriends to the LSU practices and their families. That's not illegal. But you're going to start seeing some of these stories start to spread out now because they're going to have to, like, tar and feather Ed Ogeron out the door. You know they are. Because they can't justify firing a guy with a 49-17 and 17 record. They can't justify that. And they have to justify it. They don't really have to, though. They're giving the guy 
they're giving him, I mean, think of it. They're giving him $17 million on a buyout out the door, and he makes $6 million anyway, guaranteed, this year. He's going to float out of Baton Rouge with $20 million. Ed should just leave, man. If you want another job and you want to save some face, those players will understand. Why would LSU do it in the middle of the year if they didn't want to embarrass Ed Ogeron out the door? You got to see the writing on the wall. They're going to start releasing stories about the coach's behavior, and it won't end well. My advice, before you get John Gruden, hey, how about if emails start getting released on Ogeron on LSU email? You don't think that that's not going to start coming up? All right. That's right. That's right, Carl. That's kind of where I'm going here. All right. Hour number two. We'll reset everything. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Hour number two. By the way, Houston Nutt, three-time SEC Coach of the Year, was in the first hour. If you missed it, please go back a little bit later on and watch it. Also, hit that like button. 
Hey, just a programming note. Tomorrow, Lincoln Kennedy will be with us, part of the broadcast team for the Las Vegas Raiders. That'll be the Eagles' next opponent, so we'll talk with our good friend Lincoln Kennedy. That'll be tomorrow. So we're going to get ready for Raider and Eagle Week 2 and plus some of the other teams here. So, like, let me ask you guys this. Would you would you trade Jalen Hurts for Baker Mayfield? I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Baker Mayfield? No. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Zach Wilson with the Jets? I haven't seen enough from that turnover machine. Would you trade... Jalen Hurts for Sam Darnold. No, I wouldn't do that either. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Justin Fields? I don't know. You would. Because you've seen so much out of Fields? Smile, I'll tell you what I'd have to do. I'd really have to do a lot of thinking on that one. And Shakur is probably has my answer. Probably. Probably. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Ryan Tannehill without Derrick Henry? Which means Miami Dolphin Ryan Tannehill. Would you trade him? No. Smile says he would trade Ryan Tannehill, really. I don't think anything of Ryan Tannehill. Shakur, I'm with you. I, I don't think anything of him. Okay? So you're telling me you don't think Jalen could go up to uh, Tennessee and do the same thing that Ryan Tannehill does? I do. Plus you have Julio Jones and the kid Brown at wideout? I don't know, man. Whenever I get in trouble, I just give it to the horse behind me. I think Jalen could Jalen's smart, man. He knows who's gonna be in the huddle with him. He's not gonna play over his skis. Let's do this again. Cause I think we're getting somewhere here. Philly, okay. Probably. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Tua Tug of Viola? Tua played well last week against Jacksonville, and they lost. I don't know. James says ceiling is too high for Tannehill. Excuse me, too low for Tannehill. Would stick with Jalen. James, I would too. You would trade Jalen Hurts for Tug of Viola, who's always hurt? Really? His availability also has to become part of the durability conversation. Shakur says, I haven't seen promise in Tua. He played well against the Jags. I mean, I don't know what that means. And they lost still. They're one and five. You get the same record as the Jacksonville Jaguars do. Here, here's another one. Look, 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 look. So 
I think we've gone through 10 quarterbacks already. Let me keep it going here. Would you trade Jalen Hurts for Jared Goff? The Lions quarterback. No, I don't want that. No, I don't want that. Let's see. Boy, would you trade? Smile, smile would take Jared Goff. <laughs> okay. I don't know what you see in that, dude. David says no. Would you take Jalen Hurts or would you take Jameis Winston? I'll stick with Jalen. Hell, I don't even know who's starting tech, uh, with the Texans. No idea. No idea. My point is, is that there's probably 10 guys out of 32 that you wouldn't trade Jalen Hurts for. Think of that for a minute. So when we're talking about replacing the kid, make sure you understand that that fine line is finer than you think. There's probably 10 quarterbacks you won't the Josh Allens of the world, the Kyler Murrays, the Dak Prescotts, those guys right there. This is what I'm saying to you about replacing people. Just because you guys want to replace the quarterback or some people want to replace the quarterback, okay, what I don't want to do is I don't want to have a drop-off, and I'm going to tell you where we see that being played out more so than not, and that is in New England. Personally. I think the New England Patriots would have a better record if Cam Newton was their starting quarterback. But they so apt to go with the rookie quarterback, and they went with the rookie quarterback, and they're getting the rookie results. I personally think if Cam was the quarterback, that team would be closer to 500 or not a tick over 500. Cam would have made that team a better football team. but. They've chosen to go the rookie quarterback route and take their lumps this year. Okay? Yeah, and, and Carl, I don't really think the Cowboys were really looking to move Dak Prescott. However, I think they did look at options, but I think it really just did come down to length of time. We had Stephen Jones on our show here, and we asked that exact question. It just came over the length of the contract. And the Cowboys have so much. How about this? They they have they they have so much come to the table saying that they screwed up and not getting the deal done before the pandemic. Jeff says, How about Derek Carr? No. I'm not trading Derek Carr. You could never trade uh Jalen Hurts for Derek Carr, but it, what I'm saying is yes, I completely would trade him for Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a good quarterback. I think his numbers the last couple of years, I think they're underrated. I think people don't look at them. And I don't think they see really um, a good player. He's a good football player. He is. He's a good football player, man. So what I'm what my point was, you guys, I, you know, the the Baker Mayfields, the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Tyrod Taylors, the um Teddy Bridgewaters, there's a whole league full of those guys. Philly, that's 
what I'm saying, now look, if you're rebuilding or you're thinking, now look, we all agree. Do we not, Philly? Philly Mamba, let me throw this at you here. You do realize that the general manager now and the head coach and the owner now are in a rebuilding mode. You let Zach Ertz go. That's the first sign. So now that you have thrown the white flag up, I'm not saying they're not going to go out and play hard. Players got incentives wrapped around their deal. Okay? They have all that wrapped. They're going to play hard. But you're in a movable rebuild right now, which means this. Why not let them play out the year? Why not let them? Gardner Mitchell will always be my backup here. Maybe I could package Jalen up in some sort of draft day package where we get more opportunities to get more first or second rounders. Maybe somebody would bite on a third rounder for Jalen. Maybe somebody would bite on a second rounder. I don't know. I doubt a second rounder. You're not going to get value for him. If you put Jalen Hurts on the market right now, you think you'd really get a second rounder? I think you might. But I don't think it's a for sure thing. Okay? I think you might. And it might would be like this, maybe lower end of the second. I'm not sure. I think it's more reasonable to think that you would get a third for him. And so, uh, and by the way, no shade. It's just that when you throw somebody, like, like watch this. Derrick Henry was a second-round pick. If you had to put Derrick Henry in a draft, where would you take him? One or two? I mean, if you put him on the open market, I mean, you'd give up two first-rounders for that guy. I would. I'd give up two first-rounders for that guy and pay him $17 million. Right, Tannehill makes $30 million a year. He doubles the salary of the bell cow in that football huddle in Derrick Henry. Think of that for a minute. Man, you only make $14 million because he signed, remember? He signed the um, he signed that sheet. And, you know, he, he was kind of forced into that because that's what that salary pays. You know, you, you signed that franchise tag. He signed a franchise tag for 14 million bucks. <laughs> One year deal, man. Oh, man. That's a crazy thing. Yeah. So Baker, see Baker's uh, going after his uh, second opinion. You know what the second opinion, why he's doing this publicly? He and his agent know the end is near. So they're trying to come up with every freaking excuse they possibly can on why Baker's not playing well. Okay. Oh, Carl, he's Derrick Henry. He's is he better than Barkley? Here, I'll make a point to you. Derrick Henry is the best running back that I have seen since the days of Emmett Smith and Barry Sanders, and that includes Adrian Peterson. Okay? That includes Adrian Peterson. He's the best back I've seen. The best back. And obviously different styles with Barry and with Emmett. You know, those guys were slashers and didn't really take big hits. They were phenomenal football players, big yardage guys. Barry was so flashy. But, man, when you watch Derrick Henry get into the open field, I say this to you guys. Um, I would say this to you guys, that um, Derrick Henry runs like O.J. If you go back and watch the O.J. Simpson highlights, 
he runs a lot like OJ. That's how OJ ran. 250 pounds, you know, 200-yard games. OJ used to do that against that Steel Curtain defense. He did it on Monday night one night. OJ ran for 250 yards against the Steel Curtain defense. And OJ never went to the postseason. He had a great old line, but nothing really else. OJ went for 250 one Monday night when I was a kid. I watched it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Eric Dickerson, too, a little bit smile. I see the upright. You're, you're right. But Henry's the best back I've seen since those two guys. And again, I have great respect for Adrian Peterson. Great respect. Brandon Jacobs with speed. Brandon Jacobs, man, that guy was a horse for the Giants. I was a huge fan of him. Wow, was he good. Man. Real quick, though, on Baker, and I'm going to get to my top five NFL teams. Um, Dude, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. He's the number one pick. You're going to let him go. That's the problem the Browns have. See, Howie wouldn't let him go. Howie would extend him. Because Howie can't look. That's the number one pick. Look at what Howie does with the guys that he drafts. This Rieger kid, he stinks. And they still put him on an active roster. How could you put that guy in a huddle with your quarterback you're trying to develop? Think of this for a minute. Think of this. You know that that kid, Rieger, is awful. We all see it. You know, the eye test doesn't lie. We see it. He doesn't run very good routes. He doesn't come back to the football. He doesn't lay out when need be. He doesn't block in the run game. He does none of those things. And they still put him on the active roster every game. Why? Because he's Howie's guy. That's right. VD Pate, it's because he's Howie's guy. So he puts him on the active roster. And you know how you guys keep telling me, well, Sirianni sucks. Look at the people that are on that roster in those key positions. How would you have like to have Rieger in a wide receiver room with Devontae Smith, knowing that Devontae Smith is a hardworking kid, comes from a winning program? Do you I'm oh my God, guys, I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna tell you something here that what he's going through right now. What Devontae Smith is going through, and I went through it, and I failed, though. And so I'm going to tell you guys, get this. I'm going to give you guys a story here. So I was talking to uh, Krause Jr. about this, and he he's starting to understand, like, during my time at Miami, we had a win streak where we didn't lose a home game for 10 years, all those great and magical teams that we had at Miami. We were always in the national title game. We're putting out Hall of Famers. I mean, and now this is just the collateral success of what we had, all these guys going into the Hall of Fame. Now, Clay's Campbell's going to be a Hall of Famer too, by the way. Seven-time Pro Bowler. He's going to be a Hall of Famer as well. So we got guys that are still just going to be cranking out into the Hall. So I'm around Jimmy Johnson. I'm around all those great, successful guys. I was 20... 22 and one. The two years that I played at Miami, okay? 22 and one in the regular season. We didn't lose many games. 
Okay? We didn't lose many games. I got to the Buccaneers, and obviously everyone knows the history of the Bucs. Just not a lot of success. I couldn't believe the facilities. I couldn't believe how people acted. I couldn't believe how they didn't practice hard. I couldn't believe how there was a lot of, a lot of brother-in-law going on. You know what brother-in-law means? You get into a practice and you pretend that you're playing hard, but you brother-in-law it and you guys don't go down and you guys are just kind of like kind of going through the motions. My entire time at UM, we never went through the motions in anything. Everything was full speed. We ran to drills. We ran to get water. Nine on seven. Ones versus ones. Everything was a sense of urgency. Everything we did. And we did it with vigor. Nobody bitched about anybody practicing hard. And if you didn't practice hard, well, you were replaced. I got to the NFL's Buccaneers. No one practiced hard. No one cared. And I went like this. Hey, VD Pate, you're damn right that's what Trevor Lawrence is going through in Jacksonville. Let me tell you how I felt. Guys, you start to get caught up in it. You start to get caught up in that environment. You go from this immense and intense environment where you never lose. You never lose to an environment where losing becomes, I don't want to say expected, but it becomes a habit. You know, you hey, I'm in the middle of a game. We're down by 10. I saw my Buccaneer team and my teammates put their head down and start quitting. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Guys saw the writing on the wall, and they put their head down, and we ended up getting rolled. And I'm, I was like this, man, there's no fight in this team. But there I was not fighting either. That's on me for not rising above it. That's my failure. Okay? That's my failure. Excuse me, Carlos. We don't count the 86 Sugar Bowl. We were too drunk for that game. Thank you very little. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we were too drunk for that game. You want to hear something crazy? If we win that 86 Sugar Bowl, we win the national title because we had beat the pants off Oklahoma. We were just not ready for that game, man. That's the only time, Carlos. Hey, Carlos, that's the only time at Miami we got a shellacking. And we just, we were not ready, man. I won't lie to you, man. Too many hurricanes at night. You know what I'm saying? Plus, it was New Orleans. Uh, yeah, plus it was New Orleans, man. Oh, man. It was crazy. We should have, we should have, it should have been a lot better. Hey, by the way, I'm going to come back with my, guys, hang in there. I'm going to ask you top five, top five NFL teams. I got a different list. Plus, I want to hit on Dak Prescott a little more with Jalen. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs>
comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silly. Oh, hold, hold on here. I'm working on... I'm working on a big-time guest. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We're going to have another head coach coming up here real soon. So uh, yeah, we're going to be working on a pretty good thing here coming up here. I, I can't I can't give it away, but we're working on another NFL coach. He's having a really great year. No, it's not Bruce Arians. Okay, no, it's not Bruce Arians. So I, I'll let you know here over the next couple of days. Here, I'll let Krause know too after the show here. Too. How about this? He's on the West Coast. It's pretty good football going on out there too, right? So all right, you you, you may be able to put. You know, and connect the dots a little bit here on it. Okay, you may be able to connect the dots a little bit because my relationship with the coach. I've known the coach for a long time. I better stop. Okay, I'm going to give it away here. Anyway, so, yeah, my boy Baker Mayfield. No, not Staley. Okay, if you guess it, I'll let you know. If you guys guess it, not Staley. If you guess it, I'll let you know. Maybe coming on Thursday. Gruden, yeah. I'll have to send him an email. Oh, wait, he probably doesn't use any emails. Hey, he was on a while back. No, 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 no. No, this is no, no, no college. No, this is a pro coach. Yep. McVay listens. 
I text Sean McVay this morning to see if he would come on the program. And uh, we're working on him finding a time for us on Thursday to come on the show. So we're trying to get – because, you know, usually – head coach, yeah. Um, Smiley got it too. Yeah, Sean McVay. Known Sean a long time. Just love the kid. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and by, by the way, are they in my top five now for the NFL's best teams? Let's take a look at that. Let's go here with this. Um, at five, I'm going to put the Packers here. Oh, Shakuri's having a great year with Matthew Stafford. You see what he said, too, a little bit about um, how he handled the Jared Goff move to Detroit, getting Stafford. He regrets it. Dude, you don't have to go back over that stuff, though. You know what I'm saying? You just don't have to go back over that. Only the player and you need to know. You don't need to really open up the envelope and show everybody the details of the letter on how you guys parted ways. You don't really need to show the love letters. You know what I mean? You just, hey, man, it just didn't end well. You need to leave it there. You don't need to reopen these stories over and over again. VD Pate says, Arizona, Bucks, Rams, Bills, Chargers, and Packers. Why does everyone have Arizona number one? Because they're playing the best ball right now? Really? How about this? If you put Arizona in a game with the Bucs, who would be favored? See, you guys do a lot of things that college football does. You rank them because the guy's got the best record. I don't look at the best record. I look at who I think is the best team. The record is also a little bit sometimes to me. It actually sometimes doesn't matter to me because when I see a team, like watch this, Bama got beat by Texas A&M, right? You don't think they're one of the top two teams in the country still? Come on, man. If they were to play Iowa, they'd beat them by 28 points. If they were to play Cincinnati, Alabama would beat them by 18 points. Here, let me give you my list. Here's my top five. I've got the Packers at five. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have straightened it out. They're five and one. And I want to show you something else here, too. Watch this here, man. This is even crazier when you're talking Aaron Rodgers. Okay? Guys, they're 31 and seven. They've won 31 of 38 ball games since Matt LaFleur has teamed up with Aaron Rodgers. 31 of 38 games they've won. You want to hear something else on the other end? The Buccaneers have won 14 of their last 15 ball games. Okay? These are football teams that are doing massive amount of winning. Massive amount of winning. The Packers have the best wideout. They have arguably the best thrower of the football. Their defense has actually played better since week one. My question, you want to hear this? My question when it comes to the Packers is their coach. I know you're going like this. You just got through telling us that Matt LaFleur has won 38 of 38, 31 of 38 ball games. I know, but every time I see a critical situation, this guy's all over the board not being able to handle timeouts or two-minute drill. Got the pack at five. 
By the way, I, I could put the Cowboys there. I could probably put the Cowboys there, but I'm there's just a part of me, man, that doesn't believe what they're doing on defense or all those turnovers, that they're going to keep that pace up the same way. David says Kyler Murray and Hopkins will have a field day with Tampa Bay secondary. And now, David, that you add Zach Ertz into that conversation, you know what's really crazy, right, David? Hey, think about what David just said there. Okay, Kyler Murray and Hopkins will have a field day with Tampa Bay secondary. Doesn't it look like what they're doing in Arizona is exactly what they did in Tampa Bay? You got tight ends that can run right up the seam, which is the hash marks. You've got Godwin and Mike Evans at wideout for Brady. Look at what you have now in 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 Arizona. You've got gifted wideouts now. You've got a great wide receiver uh, group. Now you've added a tight end that's a pro bowler, and he is a Super Bowl winning tight end. He knows how to get open. And you've got a quarterback who's playing MVP football. Boy, I'll tell you, man, that Arizona team got better with the move to Ertz. How about yesterday we found out, too, from our friend Howard Balzer that they sent a private airplane to bring him to Arizona. That's how you do things with first class, man. That's really a first class organization. I've got the Rams at four. I put the Rams at four because I do think that McVay and Matthew Stafford, I think these guys are connecting as good as any coach I've seen with a first-year quarterback and a first-year signal caller and a first-year play caller being on the same page. You know, what's really what's really interesting listening to the media right now and how the media are covering uh, the Rams, they're looking at this like this, man. I mean, Matthew Stafford, did you guys not know that Matthew Stafford was a really good quarterback in Detroit? He was just on a crappy team. He was just on a crappy team. Eddie, you have Dallas number one in the NFL. Dallas, Green Bay, Bills, Cards, and Chargers. Wow. I like the Rams. I'm I'm a little bit suspect. Watch this. A little bit suspect on their defense. Yeah, but they got Jalen Ramsey. And they got Aaron Donald. Yeah, well, they could be run over too. And I've seen it twice this year. Where they've had a lot of yards put up on that defense. That defense does not play the run. Hey, watch this. What do you think Derrick Henry would do to that Rams defense? He might go for 250 yards on them. You think the Rams could stop Derrick Henry? <laughs> what gave you that notion? Because Aaron Donald plays on it? It's not a very good front four. That Titans team is going to be a team. You just beat the Bills, who I happen to think are a pretty damn good football team. You know, Cowboys and Bills, I would put right there at six. At number three, I got the Ravens. Krause Jr. and I were talking about this. Guys, listen here, man. I'm going to tell you this, man. I've said this before. My wife said this to me. She called me out. She called me out this morning. I was one of those guys who, when I saw Lamar Jackson play football, I went like this. There is no way that guy. Hey, you know what? Everybody has done this, but I like to own up to this stuff. Watch this. Man, 
I did not believe Lamar Jackson could play in this league. That first year when they gave him the reins and they let him play in the postseason against the Chargers, and the, he looked terrible. He couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I said that guy will be out of the league in five years. What he has become right now is so incredible. He is, without a doubt, one of the most unicorn players I have ever He's Lawrence Taylor at the quarterback position. You know how everybody wants to run an RPO? They want to run these RPO offenses. That's the guy that the RPO was built for. All the guys that run the RPOs in the NFL, it's kind of like, you know, but when he runs it, you see what the RPO offense is supposed to look like. Yeah, but Trevor, when he runs it, they win. They beat Kansas City. They beat the Chargers. They beat these big teams. He wins with that thing. The point of the RPO was you have to have someone with that exact skill set to run that. Or if you run an RPO with a guy who's not really the same way that uh, Josh Allen is, Josh Allen's not going to eventually be – Lamar Jackson is playing MVP football right now. He's, he's play, Outside of that loss in the opener to the Raiders, that guy, without a doubt, has now pushed his name. Here, here, Kyler Murray, Dak, Lamar. All those guys are in the conversation for MVP. You may not like the RPOs, but you can't stop that guy. I got the Ravens at three. And here's the deal. He's winning. You know, people are going to go like this. Well, you know, you get into the um, postseason here. He does have to win there. He does. No question. He's got to win in the postseason. But those teams that were beating him, those teams that were beating him, he's now winning against. He's now winning. So, VD Pate says this, the only good team Dallas has beaten this year is the Chargers. And that was by a hair. Field goal was. They beat up on Carolina, New England Giants, and sadly the Eagles. They aren't world beaters yet. And I would also say this to you here. I think too many people are giving the Cowboys too much love off that good performance against the Buccaneers. You don't get kudos for losing. I don't care how you play. Well, we really played hard. Yeah, and you, you, you don't get kudos because you played hard. You know what I mean? That's not, that's not what that is. You don't, you, don't, you don't get love for that. And so it was too much credit for Dallas getting that as they played against the Buccaneers in that opener. I got the cards at two reluctantly. I know they're undefeated. Okay? I know they're undefeated. But so is Oklahoma undefeated. Does anybody think Oklahoma's going to win the national championship this year? Okay? Does anybody actually go like this? Well, you know, hey, man. Okay? Th that, that Oklahoma team, you they're undefeated. You know, they're... They need to be in a conversation for a national title. And then you're like this with Arizona. They're undefeated. Okay. They're undefeated. Do you really think that that football team could go on and win a Super Bowl? 
I'm starting to believe it. I'm starting to believe that that team can do that, and I'm starting to believe in them. I'm starting to see it. Okay, I'm starting to under. I'm starting to get there. And you get the Bucks number one. Bucks that game against the Eagles. I mean, right? That game felt like it was forty to twenty-two. The Buccaneers, I thought, laid off the gas pedal. They wanted to get out of there with a win. They weren't going to stretch themselves out to where they were going to have to. They were, look, probably closer than they wanted that game to be. And a lot of people doing this too. You know, hey man, you know, let's uh, let's uh, give them a lot of kudos because they fought. Whatever, dude. Hey, and by the way, as for the Eagles' schedule, who who came up with that schedule that they're playing this year? I mean, I thought they won four games last year. I thought the Eagles won four games. You're playing the Bucks, Kansas City. I mean, the Cowboys. Right? I mean, you're 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 like, wait a minute here. The football team won four games. They were four eleven and one last year. And you're going like Raiders, Bucks, right? I mean, Kansas City. I mean, where is this, man? I'm thinking to myself, man, holy cow. Good grief almighty, right? Yeah, hey, Trev, I know the, I know the system. Okay, NFC plays the NFC South every three. I, I get the rotation, but, man, if you're an Eagle fan, you're looking at that schedule knowing that you come off a four-win season and you're looking at going, okay, well, like, okay, so we play Kansas City. Now, then, then we play, right? Then we turn around and we got to play Carolina. Then we got to turn around and we're playing the Buccaneers. I mean, <laughs> all winning teams. Carl, right? Every week it's against somebody that's got a winning record, man. The only team I think they haven't played with a winning record this year, isn't it um, Atlanta? Right? I mean, nah, but last year, I, I know, Trev. Dude, Eddie, man, I, I'm looking at that and I'm going like this. Holy cow, man. Really, man. I mean, all right. There's a couple guys in the NFL draft that the Eagles can take a look at. I got one guy that they can look at, or do they go and look for a veteran quarterback? A little more college news. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 
or visit us online at MessaLaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back, National Football Showcase. Phyllis Liberty. Here's my impression of Ben Simmons today at practice. Excuse me, what'd you say? Defense. <laughs> Practice. Hang on. Practice. You mean, we're talking practice. Right? Practice. Far cry from Allen Iverson, though, isn't it? Far cry. That dude is no AI. AI is one of my top three players and one of my favorite dudes of all time. I put him on the show, but he's too unreliable. <laughs> he, he, he's got AI time. I mean that with respect, too, man. AI walks in his own world, dude. If you get him, you get him. Sometimes I just get AI. I put him on the show. Yeah, because, you know, you just never know. He'll pick up. Sometimes he won't pick up. You have it scheduled. Oh. Oh, okay. So you, like, meant, like, See, 3.30 is usually like 5.30 AI time. Hey, hey, Dr. J is pretty tough too, man. Dr. J is pretty tough. You imagine being in that organization right now and you got that dude in your organization and he's considered one of your star players. And you're like Daryl Morey, the GM of the team, and you're sitting there dealing with this now and you're going like, this is nothing to do. See, hey, guys, this is the stuff right here that I talk about that has nothing to do with winning. This is everything. It's called wasted energy. 
This is something that every organization, look at what the Brook, watch this. Look at what the Brooklyn Nets are dealing with. Kyrie's stupid stuff, right? Sixers are dealing with Ben Simmons' stuff. Do you know what the Milwaukee Bucks are dealing with? Nothing. Haven't heard a peep out of him. Does Giannis even have social media? I've never seen him in any way say one thing bad or good. The head coach doesn't say much. The head coach just goes and does whatever. I don't hear anything out of Brooklyn. I don't hear anything out of um, Milwaukee. You hear all that noise in Los Angeles all the time because LeBron likes noise. That's why he's four and six. The great teams don't want noise. The great teams, they 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 reject the noise because it really gets in the way of being successful. When you've got to worry about mundane stuff on whether or not Ben Simmons is happy when you show up to work, man, you're, you're not even talking about winning. Cowboys Nation, man, does Philly play? the Patriots. So I hope you're right about Mac Jones. Derek says the Ravens is giving Lamar Jackson time to grow and develop. Derek, you're not comparing Lamar Jackson to um, Jalen Hurts, are you? I sure hope you're not because there is no comparison. Jalen's a fine player, but he's not that guy. And he's not ever going to develop into that guy. He's not going to develop into that guy. Okay? Can you name me a wide receiver on the um, on the Ravens? Can you name me one? Name me, name me, name me, name me a top five wideout that he has on that team. Is Sammy Watkins on that team? Can you name me a guy on that team that he throws the ball to? Marquise Brown. Sammy Watkins and Marquise Brown are the main targets in Baltimore. Okay. Enough said. Can you imagine if he had Mike Evans and Goodwin? That team would be undefensible. VD paid it. Look at the names there, guys. They watch his rigor soon to be a Raven and watch him go there and have a 1,200-yard year. <laughs> That's a good question there, Cowboy Nation. If you put Jalen Hurts on the open market right now, what would his market value be? What do you think his market value would be if you put him out on the open market right now? There's no way he would get a top three rounds for him. There's no way. Well, here, just so you know how that works, you think you still get a first-rounder for Zach Wilson? You ain't getting a second pick for him. So he's all – it's like when you drive a car off the lot. Did you drive a car that's going to gain value? Or did you drive a car immediately once it leaves the lot, it depreciates immediately? Okay? 
Zach Wilson right now is probably, probably at best, at best, you could probably get a third rounder for him. Exactly. Exactly. A third rounder for him. He was the second pick in the draft. Cowboy say not um, overvaluing Jalen Hurts. No, I asked you guys, what do you think that you would get for him? I know this, you're not getting a first top three rounds for him. If you had to make a deal right now, this shows you what your value is at the position. Hey, and it's not shade. It's just showing you where you are. What do you think the league, what do you think the league thinks of Jalen Hurts right now value-wise? Lane says seven. Trevor, what do you think? What could you get? VD Pate says fourth rounder at best. I actually don't think that's a bad, that's a bad round. Birdman says Jalen Hurts probably not worth much on trade market. Jesus. Sixth rounder for Jalen? Really? Yeah, when you say that, watch this. So what do you think the market value would be for Aaron Rodgers? How many first-rounders would you have to give up for Aaron Rodgers in the offseason? By the way, Trev, that kid from Cincinnati, what's his name? Desmond Ryder is probably going to be your number one overall pick in the NFL draft. That's the selection because you have three picks in the top ten that are first-rounders. You could potentially ask and ask the owner of the Eagles if you want to go down that lane. Three first-rounders for a veteran, or you trade up to get to that number one pick for Desmond Ryder. I think Desmond Ryder is a good football player. I don't think Desmond Ryder is the guy that's going to carry my franchise to the next level. Now, he did go into Notre Dame and win. I don't know how big a deal that is. The Liberty quarterback, I think, is decent. Shakur says late second or third for Jalen. That's a little high. Smile says three firsts for Rodgers. So you're going to have three first-rounders. Would you give up three first-round draft choices? Your three first-round draft choices. Would you give him up for Aaron Rodgers to come and play five years? Here, let's do this. I'm going to do this live on the air, and I hope nobody minds because I'm just going to ask the question. Let me take a look at this here. I'm going to do this live here. How old is Aaron Rodgers? Okay, he's 37 years old. If you put Aaron Rodgers on your football team, 37, 38, 39, 40, you got four years before he turns the age of 40. I don't see him dropping off in any way over these next four years unless it's a catastrophic injury. I, okay, 38. 28, 39, 40. Okay. Would you give up three first-rounders of phenomenal football over the next five years? I don't care about 10 years from now. NFL fans don't care about those plans. If you're asking me to pay season tickets, and season tickets are through the ass right now, and you're talking about disposable income, I don't care about 10 years. Look at what, here, watch this. Look what they did in Denver. They delivered a Super Bowl to their Denver Bronco fans, did they not? 
and they went to another one and got beat, right? And now they've had kind of like sporadically decent football. Would you surrender three suck-ass years of playing football to win a Super Bowl? I would. Hey, we're not so good for three years, but we won a Super Bowl four years ago. All right. Who cares if you're 10 and 6? 10 and 7 today. Who cares about that? You're still losing. You could be 12 and 4. Who cares? You get beat. It doesn't matter if you're 12 and 4 or 12 and 5. Or it doesn't matter if you're 10 and 7. I could care less. You got another issue if you're the Eagles. Here's your biggest issue. What's, what's the biggest issue facing the Eagles? Coming up in the future here. What's the biggest issue, you think? What's the biggest issue? What's the biggest issue the Eagles have moving forward from this year? Even going through this year. What's their biggest? O-line, Trev, no, watch this. You've got to figure out a way to beat Dak. You've got to figure out to have somebody in the room that can beat Dak. Dak Prescott, here's something else, too, if you're, if you're a Cowboy fan. I saw a Cowboy fan in here. Oh, I see. Dak's hurt again, huh? Strain calf. October 11th, 2020, that, you know, pretty damaging you know, injury he had a year ago. Now he's got a calf injury. Two years in a row. Just saying. Jerry Jones said that if it was a Thursday night game, he'd have a problem. But since it's a Sunday game, he's all good. Right? You don't think that that's part of the injury from a year ago as he's trying to get back into shape again as a football player, calf injury? Calf injuries are always one of those those lower body injuries that you do this. It's got to be connected a little way. Okay? you got to figure out how to beat that guy, though. That's why the Dolphins are in – get this. That's why the Dolphins are in panic mode with Tua. Tua shows up, has a nice game, gets beat still, and you got Josh Allen in that division. Everybody in that division is doing this. Oh, the Cowboys are on a bye. That's right, MK. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. so, Dude, that's why we got the best. You guys are great. That's right. They're on a bye. Forgive me. That's why That's why Jerry said that, because they were in the bye. That's right. You're right. They got to beat Dak, dude. They got to get a guy in there to beat that dude. <laughs> they do. They got to find a way to get that guy, and they got to get that guy competition in that division. I'll tell you this, too. Don't think Washington is just going to sit back. Washington's going to be a player looking for a quarterback. I, I, I don't know if anybody would want to go there, but Ron Rivera makes it easy for you to want to go there and play. Trevor says, Big Sills, would you take the Cincy quarterback or the Ole Miss QB in the draft? Trev, to build my franchise around? Man, I don't like any one of those guys. Jay says, I'm not worried about Dak. What has he done? <laughs> Dude, I, I love that comic because it's like one of my favorite things too. That's why people keep telling me about, hey, Jay, 
Hey, Arizona's a great team. Okay. Uh, well, you know, really? Okay. Great right re- No, Arizona's got a great record. I don't know about if they're a great team yet. They look like it. You know what I'm saying? They look like it. They look like they have a good football team. So I, I get it. All right. Hey, guys, please do me a favor. Jay, I know I see you're new to the to the show. Thank you so much. Guys, could you please hit the like button for me? And if you missed any of the show, first hour we had our friend Houston Nutt on from CBS Sports College Football. Um, he was awesome. He said if he was at Ogeron, he'd have quit right now and just walked out the building. It's a mistake for him to continue coaching this year because nothing could be good. Okay? So, again, he was awesome in the first hour. We so appreciate it. Tomorrow, Lincoln Kennedy, part of the broadcasting for the Raiders, will be on with us, and we'll talk to him. We appreciate it. We'll see you tomorrow, 4 to 6. Keep it right here. Jacob Media and on the National Football Show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.